Hello and welcome back to Angelcast 13 after our long break. Well, I, I don't actually know how long it was. About two months, three we months. We took about two or three months yeah. off, yeah. yeah. So we're back from our lovely vacation in... Where did we go? Uh, well, I went to Finland. You went to Finland. I haven't been anywhere. Andy went to Costa Rica. And worked my ass off. Yeah, and Adam... Oh, we've all been doing that. Adam's currently on holiday somewhere. No, Adam finally got a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's like anti-holiday. Who knew that was possible? He's on an anti-holiday at the moment, listeners. So Adam's working the like working so hard. Bless I'm him. afraid there's no there's no the Adam in this episode, but there's a lot of Adam teasing. So yeah, I mean he has also quit due to contrast paints. <laughs> he's just quit the whole hobby. He's so, now. Uh, so I guess in this episode, yeah, yeah, uh, in this episode, I should have started. We're gonna we're gonna be talking in match play about the new Jarmus handbook that we have waited all of this time to see. We're going to go over the new things that have changed just in the match play section and a bit in the narrative section because I think that mercenary companies are not actually match play. In the narrative section, we're going to talk about an upcoming event on the 13th of July um, called Mind Over the Realms, run by a number of the um, NEOs, narrative event organisers in the UK. Um, and we're also going to hear about the charity raising that's been done off the back of that. And in open, we're going to be talking about Saga Age of Magic, which is the new game from Tomahawk Studios, an expansion to the original Saga Age of Vikings. Uh, Mr. Hinton in particular is a huge fan, and uh, Mr. Burton and myself have played a game with him recently, so we're going to give you the lowdown on that and our opinions. Cool, let's take a quick short break and uh, we'll be back in your ears with Match Play shortly. Hey, welcome to Match Play. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the new General's Handbook, considering we might as well. Well, yeah, um, it just came out. Yeah, and we've sort of been off for uh, a couple of months, so we might as well go through the new stuff that's now out yeah. after the slight lull of, of the last couple of months. It hasn't been a lull. I feel like we've done a lot of hobby. We've just been really super busy. We have just been very, very busy people. I feel like not... Well, okay, the meta's gone through a lot of changes. It really has. Um, that This General's Handbook hasn't really... Captured at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually <laughs> like paid attention to at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So there's been a number of like pretty massive changes in the General's Handbook, although most of the points are still exactly the same. Most of the scenarios are still the same. So at the time of recording this, my understanding is that any books that have come out within this last... I say this year, I mean I mean this calendar year, that's my understanding yeah, of it. 2019. They haven't updated the points, even if there's been an acknowledgement that the points need to change. Yeah, and I was really, really... I went through all of my... like my whole like Azir subscription with all of the lists on it automatically updates all the points for all the armies that you've written. Yeah, so I've written loads and loads of filthy match playlists for Selenesh and Skaven and my Beasts of Nurgle and other things. All of them either went down by 20 points or stayed exactly where they were. Yeah. My Collegiate Arcanum match playlist <laughs> <laughs> that I'm Ow. taking like... Ow. It's just smacked Smack his head. my head off a bit of joinery. <laughs> no one told me that was there. <laughs> My yeah, my collegiate arcane list has gone up by thirty <laughs> yeah. points yeah. and is now illegal. 
<laughs> so well done, Games Workshop, because you obviously saw that I was going to start taking Collegiate Arcanum, the absolute filth, to yeah. tournaments, and you just it's, you stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, collegiate meta is just not a thing now. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, what went up by 30 points, by the way? Uh, so it's a load of endless spells, and, uh, and so the okay. battle mages went up by 30 points each. Why? Uh, by 10 points each, so 30 points oh, okay. over the whole list. And then loads of endless spells changed in terms of... A lot of people have been taking things like cogs and things. So I think that's actually one of the big changes in this book. Yeah, actually. This... Is that, like, cogs has gone up, uh, geminids has gone up. Maelstrom went down, didn't it? Because it's now, yeah. like, 10 points Maelstrom is crap. Yeah, but it's now 10 points. Um, it's now effectively free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pendulum went it's, up. As we'll discuss later, more useful than most um, uh, <clears throat> allegiance terrain, it would seem. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I think that's that's one of the big changes and Purple Sun obviously has been halved well um, they need to get it on the table yeah I don't think I've ever seen it played so it's it'd be nice to model. actually like it'd be nice to see it and I think a couple of lists are going to change a little bit but I was pretty pissed off that my collegiate <laughs> so I just higher. I've just made the immediate error of trying to flick through the main book to find the points and obviously it's now a pull out yeah, yep so I didn't bring that I'm afraid sorry that's okay um, but mo- most things haven't really changed by all that much because all of the fil- all of the <coughs> stuff that's, seen, that's a year old <coughs> yeah but all water. of that stuff doesn't have no points so none of the stuff in that book is what is currently ruining the scene. Yeah, exactly. Because the scene is being ruined by the speed of release. China, sorry. Speed of release. Yeah. What <laughs> I did not mean China. Um, so, I mean, it's it's nice that they've sort of corrected a couple of things, but if they're gonna if they're going to release books at the pace that they're doing it, I personally think they need to be on top of things faster than six months. I just, I kind of feel, than... I like the GHB, I've always liked the GHB, I don't think it needs to be the the source of points, I think the pull-out idea is right, but also don't release a new pull-out and immediately acknowledge that it's not finished. It's, like, it's, it's mm. tricky though, right, because a lot of the things that people are moaning about at the moment that are in quotes broken are actually broken because of their rules, not their points. Yeah, but you could also change, that. they're not going to change rules. Yeah, I, I, but that's really? the, that's the problem, right? Is you talking and, about gristle gore? Yeah, well, that and warp lightning vortex as well, right? I mean, the the difficulty yeah. is, is yes, you can compensate it with points. I call out one relatively obvious example to me. They've put the points up for grim gas reapers. Now, grim gas reapers in Nighthorn is not that broken. In fact. I'd probably never have taken them at the old points. No. The reason they're broken is because they're in, well, even pre-Legion of Grief, they were Mm. in Legion and Agash, and they were broken in Agash, Mm. right? Yeah, Yeah, all of the stuff that you get free is just too good. Mm. Often, like the Allegiance abilities, the extra spells, all of those kind of things. They're the things that could really do with points. If they just said, like, Gristlegore is 60 points, you know... uh, of you course, because take... Gore isn't a battalion. It's just your. It's, a, it's like it's a, an allegiance. Yeah, allegiance, it's one of yeah. the like Caradron Overlord uh, skyports, skyports, etc. Yeah. All of those things are free. Just give them points. Mm. It'd be fine. No one would really mind. Like you'd still be able to write a narrative list. You'd still be able to write anything that you wanted and play with what you want on the table. So it's like an artifact. Almost. Yeah, but the fact that they haven't balanced the internal things in the book would be reflected by points, and then yeah. they can easily correct those. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think I think one of the I, I think that the problem with that is that AOS was always meant to move away from the kind of micromanaged list building, right? Yeah, that's true. And I enjoy and <clears throat> the main thing I enjoy about the game, or did enjoy about the game, was that there was less of the list building to worry about. 
Um, I think giving too much stuff, too much points, to, or pointing too many um, different things just items. makes it a bit difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you just need to try and strike a little bit more balance. I, I do agree with possibly moving towards pointing artifacts. Yeah, they, there was always rumours about that coming, but it doesn't seem to have turned up in this General's Handbook unless no. I've missed it. What but... we do have is a whole new set of terrain rules. Yes. <laughs> that don't work. Are they in match play? Or are they uh, open play? No, they are. They're in the match play they, section. I believe they are in match play. I'll just pull it yeah. up. So somebody, I saw somebody on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, that basically set up some standard looking terrain on their table that looked like there was tons and it tons was, of room. Uh, Northern Irish Pete. Was it? Okay, yeah. yeah. And then just said like, so I can't put this anywhere. No, because he's a Sylvaneth player and he was like, I can't use my Wildwoods. No well, you snow. definitely can't use a Wildwood, but you can't think, fit things like he's also a Nurgle player. You can't fit the little normal down anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because the way I read it was you if you have a piece of faction... Like, the way I perceive people have played it today, and I will stick my hand up and say I haven't played very much of late, um, is all the terrain goes down and then before you start fighting, you put down your piece of faction terrain. Yeah. The way I read the rule, new rules is... If you have a piece of faction terrain, when terrain is being placed on the board, you can place your piece of faction terrain, which means you're okay. guaranteed to get it down. Yeah, it just yeah. might be on the other side of the okay. board from where you get where you get sure. placed on a dice roll. Right? Yeah, that let's, does let's that does make a bit more sense. Let's find that the does sound cool. Read it out verbatim, if I can. Yeah. I'm really I just know there's there's like a piece of rule to it, but I faction. thought it was after all of the terrain went down. Okay, faction terrain, and this is in the pitch battles 2019 section. Sometimes the allegiance abilities for an army will allow it to include one or more terrain features. These are set up in addition to the pitch battle terrain features the player must set up as described above. So in addition, mm. right. In a pitch battle, faction terrain must be set up more than six inches <clears throat> from the edge of the battlefield, more than six inches from any other terrain features, and more than three inches from any objectives. In addition to any other restrictions that apply to it, sometimes this will make it impossible for a faction, faction terrain piece to be set up. In this case, it is not used okay see to me in addition it doesn't say whether yeah. it, whether it's but before remember or most after, of the right? faction terrain has a says when it's put down Perfect. on the war scroll which is usually just before deployment or just after deployment sides have been chosen yeah so the fire slayers one for example i have the pizza oven is set up with wholly within six inches of the priest who summons it within your own deployment zone. Yeah, who has to be on the table. Yeah. So. And it's bloody hard enough to get it wholly within six <laughs> inches of him in the first place. Yeah. Because it's, it's actually wider than that in the first place. <coughs> well, I presume it's just going to get an FAQ soon, so that's not the end of the world. So hopefully they'll sort that out. Yeah, but um, it's it's just like it's another just I, like massive oversight. It's just you, you've now so effectively what this game, what this book has done is made faction terrain for a lot of people unplayable, which basically means that a lot of their armies are unplayable. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. it just doesn't feel. It did seem like a slightly weird super bonus that yeah, you got to to have spent a year putting faction terrain in all of the big on factions. The mass. Yeah, then then to effectively remove it from the game is a bit silly. Yeah. Seems very strange, but on a on a like positive note about the book, I think the one thing that they've done really really well is redesign the scenarios. Yeah, I agree with that. I like, completely agree. I with think you on that in terms of good also things, the in this abilities book, in the back as well. Some of them are quite cool. I I thought they were all exactly the same as no, the previous. No, no, Dave. Um, sorry, I'm I'm going off on a on a segue. We will come back to the scenarios. Um, I think the one that stood out for me was Seraphon. 
So the... Seraphon are the ones that have had a change. Yeah. They've got spells now. And it's the teleporting is now just a straight up one unit on a two plus, right? Rather than Is it? Okay. No, sorry, it's only ever one unit per um, per, per round. turn. Or per two round. if you take an extra ability. That's right. Yeah. But you you don't roll for it. It doesn't do okay. anything funky. So but it's, it's not just one, one of those unit. Like, oh, I rolled a six, so yeah, I get to do exactly. The extra it consistently always happens, but it's just okay. set up more than nine away, and that's their move done. That is better. Yeah. Although, yeah. for a pure amusement's sake, I will call out the two new scenarios: focal points where you have to measure twelve and three quarter inches along the lines to be able to place the um, um, the objectives. Twelve and three quarter. Are you inches? doing trigonometry while we're I am doing trig. Why? Um, because they're eighteen inches on a diagonal, forty-five degrees from the center of the board, oh. which has no natural point on the end of the. Yeah, because you can't point that at anything. No. Well, you can point it halfway down the square of the other side. It's twelve and three. Pythagoras says yeah, twelve yeah. and three quarters. No, yeah, that is really bad. Give, give or take point zero two of an inch. Just saying. So but yeah. all they and seem to have done is they've, for, just, they've just rotated focal points for no reason. Yeah, yeah. So they've just gone, it yeah. was easy to measure and had a diagonal deployment. Let's change that. Well, okay, take that one aside. I think Battle for the Pass <laughs> is definitely an improvement. Battle for the Pass is better. The thing I really like is they've got rid of the uh, wizard scoring. Yes, absolutely. That was... Which right. was always as completely a, stupid. Now, as someone who plays particularly Durard in factions mm. uh, I'm very grateful for that change because it was a, like going to Bobo and having to put an encanter in my list just so I could score that scenario. You, to be fair had five artifacts but also in that now, list. Like, now, you were also scoring with most of them. Let's not blind the people with facts. <laughs> let's, let's talk about also KO new points back in the game baby and I'm not going to get five artifacts with any KO list. No. Did you also notice that Scorched Earth now has four objectives or something? Yeah, and it's still D3 for some unknown yeah, reason. That D- it's it the D3 thing. It should just be two. Oh, just, oh, just I lost make a, it two. I lost a game in um, Belfast yeah, yeah. because of a D3 The, the amount of people so that tell me that oh, my opponent rolled two threes and two I rolled threes. three ones. Yeah, right? that's it, done. Sure, you should have won, Yeah, but dice... And it, yeah. it all happens on the same time. Well, it should have been a draw. Like, in nine times, in in a lot of those cases, it should have been a draw. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think it's a little bit silly um, that one. But I think four, maybe you're rolling more dice, so it's easier to capture early. Now, well, the, the more right? the more you have, the the more the dice average out. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so eight instead of six rolls <laughs> in the game should average out. And, you, a ha- bit and you have to split your bets, which means exactly. it's harder to win the game exactly. imme- in quotes immediately. Yeah. Uh, from from a board control perspective, you've got more defensive options with that uh, layout as well. Surely, yeah. indeed. So, um, shifting objective did that change? Because that was one that was always a bit of a boon of contention for me. Was that, it shifting objectives the one that was? I think it's rotated short ninety edges. degrees. Because it was always short edges before, wasn't it? Oh, I got that wrong. Shifting was the traffic Shifting lights, objectives right? has rotated 90 degrees. Yeah, so, so it's I'm, now standard. Yes. That's old. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's that, now that the... was a big change for me because there are quite a few factions now that don't necessarily have speed okay. on their side. And I think yeah, yeah. that... that this always... is quite harsh now because they're much further apart. Yeah, they are. They're a lot further apart. Yeah, but you're, apart. De- you're deploying... Are there any that are still... to all three of them. So Battle for the Pass is still the weird deployment. No, because when it was short edges, you were 
further away from the objectives, weren't you? No, your your deployment's still the same distance from the objective. Just the objectives are further apart from each other. Cool. So based upon my terrible mathematics, it hasn't improved at all. Well, it's <laughs> so the the thing the thing about all of those scenarios, the sideways deployment ones, are they're basically all about can you cover a four foot board edge with one or two units? Mm. Like so, can you put thirty hearthguard down in the way of your opponent? Can you hand of gork sixty grots in front of somebody or do similar? Mm. Now the only and they're a nuisance to play at tournaments because you have to go over to the other side of the table. I think all that was the a time. big thing, right? It's such a nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was all right in our game at Bobo because we know each other, so we just moved each other's models. But yeah, yeah it's a pain otherwise. We just sat on the same yeah. side and held hands. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying shifting objectives is one of the few plans now where you actually start 24 inches away from each other. I think there's still a few. I think... How many are there in there? Nine. There are actually nine full new scenarios all in one book. So we don't have to go to a separate massive book. There's the full book. 12 here. There's the full 12 plus the core book. So there's 18 scenarios in that book. Yes. GHB has they're, 12... They're now, GHB has 12 in it. Right. And the last six are in the core book. So the last six, but they won't come up in tournaments now, surely. I don't you'd think, you'd so. think not, probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't it was so. really annoying. That I think what they're saying with these are these are the ones that they'll always review. Yeah, these are the new ones. Let's use these for a year. I think that's completely fair. And 12 is enough. If we start having to bring a core rule book again... Oh, and another, another controversial news, because... I'm the nerd that sat on a vastly delayed train south last night and had three hours to read it. Um, He's not busy. The GHB now defines a tournament as being three or five games. So six-game tournaments. So a six-game tournament is not a tournament. Yeah. Sorry, South Coast. So South Coast G. You've been... <laughs> let's call it a GE, because it's an event now. Not yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's technically an open play event. Um, I think the other big one, Duality of Death. Did we talk about that already? Am I going back over our ground? No, no. we haven't touched it. Um, s- splitting your forces like that. I like that a lot. Oh, there's actually two deployment zones. Yeah. Does there, is one there any rules corner. about it? Does it say you have to put half in no, here? No, I did. You have to at least put one unit in here or... Uh, players alternate setting up units must be set up wholly within either of their own territories. Okay, so you can You can overside. You can overload one side. Yeah. Yeah, you can overload one side, but at least you have to make a decision about that. Yeah, and then you kind of leave. Well, I presume there's an objective that you would be covering on the other side. That you, yeah. So you effectively abandon an, an objective. Yeah. Or you leave Nagash over there by himself. I mean, that's yeah. Or Marathi. Or Marathi. Or Marathi. Yeah. Uh, those scenarios. A clarification for me again: shoving my hand in the air and saying I haven't played enough. Is, was mercenary in um, Forbidden Power? Was mercenary companies part of match play? No, no. mercenary is new to this general's handbook, and it's in the narrative well. section. It's in the narrative section. It's also in points. match play. It has got points. It's, it's in the narrative section it's... because it's presumably got a cool story. But are you it... sure? I thought it was also in match play that it said here are some no here are some match play companies no, that you can ma- take. No. Introducing match play, it's only got the pitch battles part. No. It's just that the mercenary companies have points, but they what points do they have for the units? For the yeah, but like a war scroll. But so they normally have the oh, so you pay to take the the like so. benefit that they come with. No, I don't think there's any points. No, you you're just not. it's the points of no. the units that are in the war scroll yeah. in the battalion in the I company. Really thought it was in the match play section. 
So people are just assuming that that'll be a match play thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is and in then the. They are there. Um, cool. It is totally in the narrative section, but it's just being kind but of. People a, are just. That's weird, actually. Maybe it's just is, Adam's assuming that it it's going to be a oh, match it, play I think, thing. Like yeah. he assumed that Compendium was a thing for ages. Okay, so we but need to. But it is. It's got points. There are Tomb King points. <laughs> so <laughs> think, not so if I sharpie them all out. So fingers crossed, Adam won't read this. He'll paint up a company, and then we can tell him he can't use it in match play. Yeah, yeah. He won't listen to this. It's fine. Uh, he genuinely won't. <laughs> He's got a job now. Yeah, that's cool. fair. He's um, wearing his big boy pants. Yeah. Isn't he wearing some kind of pantaloons? Or no, I don't think it's that Shakespearean. He's slow, slowly oh, okay. learning. Oh what no, it means it's to actually go yeah. to work every day. Every day, with a Y in it. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> no, well, I really thought they were in match play. They're they're actually really cool, but. I don't know where the assumption has come from that they're going to be that's legal as allies. Yeah, that's or, actually, or is it in the in true. the pitch battle profiles? In in, in um, pitch battle profiles, does it say you can take four hundred points of allies or mercenary companies in match play? It's whether they're defined as allies in the first place. But no, no, not. no. I think if you, you go to the mercenary go to the start keyword. of pitch battles, and I think the, Hang on, where no, it defines pitch battles in a pitch battle. The points you have available to spend on allied units can be spent on mercenary units. And that's in the match play section. That's in the No, there is under mercenary companies there's no, a paragraph no. called pitch so battles. So I'm looking at it here. The allied units section of, of match, match play. play does not include a reference to mercenaries. So I just don't know where this oh, assumption's come it. from. Everyone. Come on, come on. It's perfectly clear. Pitch battles clear and a in pitch, the narrative section. But a pitch battle by definition no, is a match is, play event. That is true. That come is on very now. strange. I know we all want Adam to have a side I mean, it's, face. I think it's just, as a practical matter, it's something for a TO, right? TOs, TOs have you the option to comment. It's like realm rules, right? It's yeah. one of those things. Which is another thing that they've put into that book. Um, some, they- like, decent secondary objectives, finally. Yep. And rules on how to run a tournament that, as I have said many times on conduct. the cast, a, the code of conduct is also a nice thing to have. But I think, like, I have completely given up on any tournament that does not bother with secondary objectives. So it's nice to have them just completely laid out so that the absolutely lazy TO that was previously not running secondary objectives now has basically no excuse to not run these. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I what think did you right. think about the um, painting scoring? I don't know what it is. I now get points for painting. Yeah, yeah I get points if Adam painted yeah. my army. So, um, well, well, I mean, is it contrast? Because I think we're allowed to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it one point if you used contrast it's on one, your army? Yeah. So, um, the the schedule they lay out is a hundred points up to sixty from the from winning. Yep, sure. And because everyone knows winning is important. Opponents etiquette. Um, and it's then twenty. So did they flip the table? There's literally tick boxes on how they behaved. 25 <laughs> points of painting, 10 okay. points of agenda. So 60 for winning, 10 for agenda. Gender? Agenda. I was going to say, that's dangerous. Like male or female. <laughs> There's a code of conduct now, Alex. Um, 25 painting and 5 etiquette. And 25 is like laid out, or it's just you score your opponents 25 points? Three colour minimum, five points. And this okay. is this is it player is all judged. Like really, really laid Hang out. On, um, three colour minimum is actually officially in here. Yeah, three colour minimum, five points. Shading and highlights, all base coat shading and highlights, 15 points. Base is fully painted. Um, with at least a third of them with debris or grass. 
What does my uh, what does my modeling sand count as that comes pre-painted? Is that allowed? Because I've had that I've had that scored down at a tournament before because I bought sand that was painted and then put it on the base Rather instead of putting it. it on the base and then painting it. As much as it pains me to How say, I can't believe that's fair. But it does say. Why is that fair? It's an order of yeah. things that you do. What if it was just red sand and you does, lied? Does sand yeah. qualify as debris <laughs> or grass? It's definitely no. not grass because it's sand. No, it's so so sand the... debris. I mean, it's debris from the natural erosion of the earth. Yeah. This well, is another one where you just need debris. to do what Adam does and like go into everyone's herb cupboards and start putting herbs on <laughs> your models. Got, I've got zero access to to any form of dried green herb. Why? Because I live with Adam. <laughs> oh, right. He takes all of the herbs yeah. to use for basing. That guarantees him those five points. Also yeah. insert your own cannabis-related jokes here, I guess. Maybe. Um, okay, well, it's nice that they're... Does you know, go, are we going to go down the road of does contrast qualify as uh, based and shaded? Oh, it's both in one, yeah. Well, that's yeah. fine, because to get the 15 points, you need highlights as well. Highlights as well. Adam will okay. be pleased. But contrast gives you a natural highlight, doesn't it? I think it, it does give you a natural highlight, yeah. So you get all all of those points from contrast for just double the price of regular paints. Yeah, I mean, that's the... and also For, for the record, probably, Adam, I tried to defend your position. Also, it'll it's probably true. rub off. So that's, yeah, yeah, so you do have to pay double for the initial paint and yeah. then yeah, also does, varnish does, it. Does, no, does highlighting count as rubbing off the paint <laughs> you put on? Yeah, that's yeah. weathering. It's, it's just been in that's my box for a bit, so it's got random white paint. bits on it. <laughs> That's totally highlighted up to white. Completely um, counts. Good. No, it's uh, nice that they also included that. The fact there's a battle plan called Rearguard Action. And I'm going to move on. Oh yeah, we were going to actually talk about escalation Meeting or engagements. whatever it is. It's basically escalation, right? It is escalation. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. But I like it. I like. So the this idea. is a thousand points where they've sort of thought about it for a bit, or maybe played a couple of games of thousand points and then gone, "Oh my god, this Whoa. is the worst game anyone's ever written." Exactly, I think so. I really love the idea of playing a thousand points. It's the same. It's because it gives you a game the same size as, for example, Saga, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah, um, and you I can actually finish in an evening, like. And also not have to take around all of the models ever. It's true. Um, yeah, you can fit it in a little like backpack case and exactly. take it to club and be fine. Precisely. Yeah, so a thousand points is nice, but then somebody rocks up with Nagash, three units of skeletons, etc. Or Alaria. I did. I did look at that. You actually can't run Nagash. Cause really? Because you, can, you can't get him and and you still two skeleton run, units. You, you can't get him. and you still can't run Godrak. <laughs> Lol. Why not? Yeah, that's fair. You only need points. one battle line. So yeah. you could ju- you could do it. Two actually, battle line, surely. You only need one. Really? Oh, for meeting engagement or for standard? For meeting engagement. Oh, no, okay. we're talking about standard 1,000 points. Yeah, standard 1,000, I think, is two units. I think you have to... Do you have to... Do, I think you have to put a unit down in each... Each of the items, I think. And therefore you need three units and you can't... The, the, you can't okay. get three units. I think you're dash. still talking about meeting engagement. We're talking about yes. the standard 1,000 points. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, before. Yeah, like so before right. meeting oh, before, engagement yes, turned up. In this context, you're it was right. ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm glad that they fixed that one thing yes. where you couldn't. So you should not be able to bring the gash to a thousand points of it. Yeah, I mean, a th- like, yes. No, in that sense, I am right because at a thousand points, you had to have two battle line. Yeah, and you hmm. couldn't get you. You can't get two sets of skellies. You can't even get two sets. Two direwolves for six. You could get two direwolves, mm. yeah, because yeah. there's seventy now on them. Yeah. Okay, so I'll shut up. Yeah, so you could take that and no one would like you. So at a thousand points, I used to take an ironclad, three balloons, 20 Arconauts, and a chemist. And you're a bad person. And everyone was like, oh, I don't want to play you. And I was like, that's understandable. Yep. Where it breaks is things like Zinch Dice. 
Yeah, yeah things that just the don't, ability they don't scale to no. that kind of... They've been, they've been tested at 2,000 points, not tested at anything less. So it's, you're, doesn't it stop you taking War Scroll Battalion so you can only take one? You can take one. You can take okay. one battalion and one spell. Oh, that, see, one endless spell. One endless yeah. spell. Yeah. So they've okay. comped... They've comped, they've comped match play to make it fit in thousand points yeah and then there's a strange thing your, where like all your a third units... of your army turns up first so all your it's not a third is probably slightly misleading it's um you you cannot take it's limited to single and double size units okay so you can't take if a if a battle line is 10 you can't take more than 20 and then it's further limited mm. you can only take double size battle line in the main body and double size anything in rear guard Spearhead can only be singles. So double minimum size. Yeah. So you can yeah. have 20 witch elves or... Correct. Okay. Yeah. And enough. then... That works. It, the, the way it's broken down is you can you can take a, a leader, a battle line, and two of the up to two of the units in Spearhead. You can take one or two leaders, one be, up to one behemoth. You must take one battle line mm. in... Um, so Alex, you can bring all of your Grimwrath Berserkers. In main body and then rear guards. You can take a yeah, bit more of everything. Great, they're not leaders, so they just run around with impunity. Yep. But the, the way the scenarios are written is quite cool. The way you deploy and try and get onto the board, and you can see it'd be quite entertaining to try and figure are out. Are they all like five turn games still? No, even though some of your force isn't turning up until turn. There'd be minimum three turns, and I think you can call it after four. So they're even shorter. I, oh, hang on, no, sorry, I'm literally getting confused with Age of Magic now. I, th- I think they are still five turn games. It's just it seems a lot like faster. But five turns, like, if some of your rear guard is slow, they don't get to play that game. Yeah, so then, you have so to you, think about... Yeah, so you wouldn't. Yeah. And and some of them, some of the deployments, the rear guard actually turns up in quite an advantageous place, depending on how oh, the Oh, okay, fair enough. So it's they about where it deploys. And they don't always turn up in the right order, do they? Some scenarios have flipped it a little bit, if I got that right. Yes. So one of them, for instance, your main body turns up and then your rear guard turns up on... Your spearhead's next, and then your rearguard's last. And cool. Things like that. So your spearhead got lost. Yeah. Can't so I that. think, and is furthest away. So that's definitely okay. that's definitely so literally some- got lost. So I think that's definitely something that Matt, we were talking, we definitely want to give a go at club, and Andy, I'm sure you want to get yes. involved in that because yeah. I, I, it's, it's the sort of size games. And if anyone who's listening has played some through the meeting engagement scenarios and wants to offer an opinion on that, please do tweet us. We'd be great to hear it. I think before we close this section down, I just want to talk about the new command traits and the new yeah, that's scenery. True. Yes, command traits and scenery. scenery. Actually, more good things that I think. And triumphs added. as well have now been expanded as well, which I think was have a really they? yeah. There's now six that. triumphs. So cool. um, I don't like triumphs. They're too random. So triumphs is and also command points. You can only buy one at fifty points now, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're only allowed one. So triumphs is um, reroll hits. To, yeah. to shoot or fight, depending on what phase you're in. Sure. Reroll wounds. So same as before. Uh, reroll saves. Same as before. Um, skip a battle shock. Okay. That's good. Um, it's pretty good. It's reroll a, a run or charge. Yeah. And um, reroll run or charge. Yeah. Once per battle before you make a run or before you make a run or charge roll, you can say it is eager. <laughs> if you do so, you can reroll that run or charge. So you have to declare. That you're going to re-roll it before you roll it, sure. And they're which all is still worse random. than a command point, right? Yeah. Um, and the last one is cunning, which means you can use a command ability for free. Okay. So it situationally gives. And they're you a free all still. If I have, if I've taken less points than you, I roll a dice, and I get that one. There's no picking. Yes. There's no. Okay. Yeah. 
Fair enough. The nice thing about that command point one is they can't steal it from you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Good point. Yeah. I mean, um, I think they're all still just a little bit too good. What for? Basically, for free. Well, for, it's not though. Is so it? I personally don't like triumphs because you can't guarantee that you'll get them in list writing. So some people are trying to take, you know, 1970 as a list and then sometimes they'll get one and so on. So you're sort of playing this risk-reward game of how much do I not spend on my army? Whereas so I'd rather just... think should just be pointed? I think that you should just be able to buy it, yeah. I think it should just be 25 points. I think if you did, I'd rather just scrap it. Or, or scrap it. I'm okay with that. I just don't like the randomness of, like, I've turned up to a table and I've got 1970, yeah. so I don't know but, whether I'm going to get this thing or not. Re-rolls a bit strong. Maybe it's re-roll ones. Maybe re-roll ones, which makes them the same as command ability, but there's a couple of times where you're just like, if they roll the re-roll armor one, I lose this game because they've got 30 grim things that have a four-up save that but you I can't rend. So people are like, not going to be necessarily underpointing that much anymore that you now have to pay for that additional CP. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see if that does balance it out a little bit more. I think all lists will be between 1960 and and 2000 now. Unless you're Jimbo, in which case you say 18 or 18 yeah, or 17 but that's to just a tournament. For, for filth points. Was it? It's because he, he's, he's... Painting <laughs> filth points. Buying, buying painting credit. Yep. Um, and scenery I do think is much better. Yeah, there's so now the additional six, six new ones, and they're all good. Whereas before we had like a thing where arcane was the only thing that affected the game, right? Yeah, and they not, haven't changed any of those, which not. I think they should have. Deadly's changed. It's now D three mortals instead of one. That's what it was. I thought it was one. It was on a one. Take D three mortals oh, on the sorry. unit. Yeah, none of them have changed uh, except arcane, which now also buffs dispelling. Have you seen the nullification one as well? Which yeah, is that's really good. Just cool. run somebody's purple sun into it, and it gets nullified. Um, so that's really Volcanic good. That will affect nice. the game. Volcanic. I think all of the new six will affect games. Yeah, which is great. The old ones don't affect the game. Yeah, I mean, as a as a side note, and and it's not related directly to the specific terrain items. I am really pleased with all the new terrain that's come out because it feels like for the first time mm. we've got proper GW terrain in quotes proper because you can always make your own with with gravel and stuff, but that has an area like a footprint. Because a lot of the yeah, old yeah. stuff was was very was good for the board because it looked good, but it had a very small footprint. Mm. Yeah, or you had to buy yourself <clears throat> little PDF cutouts to put the Sigmarite mausoleum and things on. Exactly. Yeah. So now, now that they're there, now that you've got those big platform pieces, yeah. A, I think the old stuff will have more effect because it's got a bigger footprint. Yeah. And and B, like some of these things, like running charge rolls minus two. They just it would never affect the game on a small footprint item, but where you've mm. actually got something that is fairly open that you can charge across, that will have a big impact on the game, and I think that's good. Is it clear yeah. about when that actually affects a unit? For units that are within one inch of any entangling terrain features, that's so all it's not says. wholly within either. So, but if I if I charge a unit that's in it and I'm outside at the start when I roll my charge. And I roll one inch more than I need. Well, is that the point you roll? Do I right? get in or not? I think is I think start or I think it's at at any point during. I would argue. I think you could then. So you two have each just say, said a different thing. So it definitely is not clear. It's not clear. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It's not clear. But at least there's an. an a I mean, yeah. So I, I like this thing, and then I dislike the fact that they're writing like they clearly could have said at the end of that sentence at the point when it declares a charge, or at any point yeah, during it its just move. Makes it. Well, they could have said one of those two sentences. Well, apparently we're getting an FAQ next week, so you would, sure. yeah. Um, 
just to close command abilities um i love yeah, the fact so that there's gloom spike finally... all of your now all of your free command points that you get for no reason you can now actually use them yes but these are these three new ones in addition to the old ones that were in the ghb yeah they're also in there i think the like turn a run into a six re-roll a charge no they're in the rule book are they i think they're in that book still Uh, i think they're just on the other page like the bottom of the other page here really um i'm sure they are because i can remember reading them yeah so the new ones are now re-roll ones to hit re-roll ones to wound and re-roll ones to saves there's finally a shooting one, which was always my bugbear. Which is just reroll wants to hit, right? Yeah, because yeah, melee, still... the other ones were just all about melee. Yeah, which is completely fair. Yeah, I mean, shoot. I mean, you know, I, I just like shooty armies. Always have done. It's just the way I like to play. Yeah, just don't like to engage. No. <laughs> yeah, command Risk abilities. Management. You can use the following in addition to the others you can already use: all out attack, all out defense, and volley fire. Which just says in addition to any others you can use. It doesn't say that that the, the ones from previous no, GHBs so are, are still relevant. Core rulebook. Are they yeah, in the core, core rulebook? Rule yeah. oh, okay. The original. I, I thought they were in GHB 2018. No, they're, in, they're in the core rulebook. Okay. And also the sure. It's because they came out at the same time and they had half of the rules in each of them. It's yeah. so hard to remember. So we do still need to bring our core rulebook, unless or else I'm not going to let you use those new those old. I was going to say because the old because obviously the old one was. Um, uh, not having to take battle shock, which was a big deal. Yeah, sure. So yeah. you don't want to lose which, that. Which makes stuff. perfect sense. But I just they could have printed them in here so that we don't have to take a massive hardback book. True. <laughs> what are you actually bringing that book for anymore? Maybe you can get a little pamphlet. Have they have they released like the sixteen page pamphlet? There was always yeah, that the, thing. Yeah. Yeah, so you can bring that. That's quite nice. Yeah, the the so Forbidden Power had a core rule book pack pull out in it. Yeah, yeah. That's good. It also had a set of um, those little unit cards for all the magic stuff, the the new magic stuff mm, and the yeah, terrain. Yeah. Yep. But if you bought it early through GW, they gave you the same cards again, but with a glossy embossed symbol on it, so you now have two sets for no apparent reason. Okay. Just anyway, saying. we'll get on to Forbidden, forbidden Plower at some point, but basically you'll see the guy that makes your unit move free and nothing else. Yeah. That's literally that's, it. That's about all it is. Teleporty skeletal boatman. A whole box for one model. Yeah. Uh, penumbral engine, hundred points, regenerate. Do you think people points. will actually allow that? Uh, I, I mean, can, it's I it's a pointed it terrain piece. It is a pointed piece, terrain piece, which is the only one in GHB. Yeah. So maybe maybe so it's it is, completely it is match point efficient. Official. Yeah. I've refused to engage with um, forbidden power. <laughs> yeah, but, because it's an additional thing that I don't want to have to bolt onto a game that I chose because it was already simple but anyway. that's fair enough uh, right should we take a quick break and then we can go to talk about some narrative yeah cool we're going to be talking about Mind Over the Realms which is a, a narrative event done organised by the Neos of some fame who organised the Raw event and started a worldwide movement of uh, narrative events around the world. And one you probably haven't heard of called Ming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no one's heard I've of him. I've met him once. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Ming. Ming the never-present. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's playing Trogs now. He is playing Trogs now, pink and purple. Yeah. Or blue and purple. Blue and purple. Blue, blue and purple concept army. He hit the concept army just before everyone started Just before contrast base. Yeah. <laughs> that we're not getting into again. But I'm just teasing Adam. 
I mean, you, no, let's not go there. Anyway, <laughs> Mind Over the Realms. Uh, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about uh, the inspiration for the event and how their day's going to go? Yeah, so um, I've decided with Ming um, a long time ago that we wanted to do a narrative showcase event at Magic Madhouse because we had such a good time at the London Masters which I thought the London Masters was such a really great showcase event for match play. Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys did come down so, and help. That so, was really cool. So we were like, right, what can we do for narrative? Um, and the concept is we want to do, we want to see if narrative would translate <clears throat> well to being streamed and how we would do that. Yep. And then, the and one of the main reasons we're promoting it to you guys today is not just out of vanity, it's because we then quickly took the decision that it should absolutely be for charity. And the reason it's called Mind Over the Realms is because it is in support of Mind, the mental health charity. Um, we took that decision because, um, and I know Dan and Steve Foote have actually spoken about this on Ashes of the Imperium before. Um, I am a great believer that the hobby helps me with my mental well-being. I'm not, I don't mean to claim that I have a mental illness, but I think it gives me what I need in my life to be able to let off some steam and socialise and have something creative and good and escapist, mm. which are all things that I need to do to get away from work and um, sometimes just the pressures of life. And I think for a lot of people within our community, and I think the community is key to that, um, a lot of people feel the same. I don't know how you guys feel personally, but that's how I've always felt. Yeah. And so we decided to... Um, to to do the event for for Mind, uh, which if I haven't mentioned already, will be Saturday the thirteenth of July, and it will be streamed. From, that is worth mentioning. Yeah, Saturday. as well as before we forget the URL for fundraising. Yeah, we'll do that at the end, and we'll put that in the show notes. Say it now right. as well. It you know is it? yeah, it's mine. It's www.justgiving.com forward slash Alex hyphen lay two because uh, the fundraising page is actually set up under my account. Sure. Um. And the whole concept is that it's going to be uh, a streamed event from start till finish uh, with some role-play elements to it as well to try and make it like genuinely engaging. So, yeah. Did it, did I see right on Twitter that is that big mega Doomwheel thing that Steve Foote keeps posting? Yeah. Is that for this event? I'm assuming it is. It is. Yeah. Knowing Steve Foote, it's like solely for this event. Um, and it will like go on ebay directly afterwards because it'll be done with that and it'll probably be fully motorized and literally crush people's models yeah yep and have actual warp lightning yeah Yeah. he is amazing yeah Uh, that that's completely for this event he's got his whole whole narrative sorted with his skaven building this giant doom wheel thing and i think that's most of the general plot right yeah so what we've done we've created a we wanted everybody who's playing to and as i said there's going to be like uh, 12 excellent Neos turning up to this including yourself Mr Hinton I'm not uh, a Neo yeah. well, you need to have organised a narrative event ok oh no no. yeah I've just won two I've yeah. not, yeah. not organised oh. them oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you, hang, on, hang on hang on you are, you're, a, you're a DM for D&D that counts right no 
Different day. I do want to do one at some point Fine. at Magic Man House, but All right, semantics. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we've got some amazing eleven and players <laughs> turning up, <laughs> turning up. Um, and the and yeah, we Steve and I have had an ongoing narrative for a few years now, actually, with the way that my character and Overlords have interacted with his scave. And I don't want to give too much away, and also it, it it's now so detailed that it would take up the entire segment of me talking yeah, you've about done it. Done like three narrative tournaments with that plot yeah going yeah yeah or three narrative games at least um mm. two events and one big kind of one day game yeah that's true um and steve and i kind of threw that out there as a well this is what we're doing and the main plot's going to be around um warp digger his uh arch warlock uh aiming to finish the construction of the of the said warp wheel that you've seen andy cool um and the degenerates which are a special faction as it were like a sub faction hmm. of which I'm part of are trying to bring the remaining components you then have the kind of neutrals who are just like will pick a side maybe maybe not and then you've got the forces of good and order who are actively trying to prevent that yep. and it will all be packaged and presented by Mr Tim Willoughby of the Magic Madhouse London fame where as I said we'll be hosting the event yeah, and he's been he, on the Angel Cast stream with me before. That was actually on the Magic Madhouse stream for Angel Core. Yeah, before, and so he also did the London Masters with um, with Rob as well. That's right, right he did. Um, so is um, so is is narrative Jimbo turning up with an understrength army because some of his army's not. No, I think he's deliberately said that he should just bring whatever he wants to, and there's no points, so that he can just bring. <laughs> I don't think there actually is points, is there? Or are we, we aiming at like fifteen hundred? Yeah, so? I think we're still ironing that out I think we've told everybody to bring 1500 points and then we'll eyeball it on the day sure yeah that's fair enough because uh, so, so, because it's narrative right so sometimes it's literally not meant to be balanced it's yeah. meant to be about but I need to do a whenever thing. I've done these kind of things with Jimbo he's just rocked up with th- with six tree lords and then I've gone how many <laughs> points is that and, I've, and he's gone mm, 1500 I guess and it's not it's a lot more <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care <laughs> It is a guideline. Yeah, um, narrative. Everything is a guideline. But yeah, I think I think the big the big point of it for so for for the listeners is a yes we want your we want your sponsorship we want your fundraise uh, to help fundraise. There is a big incentive with for it as well, Mister Burton. You'd be interested to know that there is um, a full fully painted Blades of Corn army. That it's is not green. That's not green. <laughs> It it's not going to fit with my army. But, yeah. it's, but it's fully painted. But we know um, that as soon as you buy a ticket, you're guaranteed That would be to quite win. cool. I mean, I've already won one army won through a raffle, right? One, right? So, yeah. so winning another one, yeah. A, would be quite epic in that sense. And B, it might mean that I actually get to play my Blades of Corner. While I continue my three-year cycle of trying to paint the existing one. Yep. So it's actually, um, just coincidentally, Steve Foote actually won this army in a raffle because it's been painted by Adam Elford. Oh wow! Mm, nice. Um, oh, it's that one. It's okay, that yeah. one the, with the um, like bloodied tundra basing. Yeah, is, that's a that's a big blade of corn army. As yeah, well. it's super beautiful. And um, Adam and Adam's already given his blessing for the second life of the army to be our our giveaway. So just to clarify for the listeners, if you click on the URL and donate, not only is it for an amazing cause, you can tune in on the thirteenth of July and watch the stream I'm not going to give away too much about the concert because we kind of want it to be a surprise Yeah. but every one pound that you donate is one ticket towards winning that army and we are, I'm also super pleased to announce today 
that Jerry at Dark Fantastic Mills is um, uh, giving us a full terrain set mm. um, to give away as an additional That's prize. Cool. We're also talking to um, other companies as well that may want to support us. Yeah. And also, just from a personal point of view, listeners, if you actually have just some mod, like, I know, like a, a, a start collecting box that's gathering dust that you're never going to paint and you want to donate that as a prize for us to give away, we'd also gladly accept anything like that. We want, yes, we don't want to incentivize it too much, but it's also, it's also cool to have like a kind of raffle thing going on as well. So we're really super keen to carry that on. So please do get in contact. Yep. Yeah, no, it'd be really good. But yeah. So it's just one solid day? It's one solid day. It's just the Saturday. Um, yeah, we haven't really decided how late it's going, have we? I think it's one of those things it's that's going to f- go as long as it needs to go. So we, there's definitely yeah. going to be a finale game. Mm. One thing that we're going to release shortly is a kind of a loose itinerary for the day. Because I appreciate not everyone's going to want to sit on Twitch all day. So what we're going to try and do... I think the we've been talking about the big warp wheel. I imagine that if and when it makes an appearance, there's definitely going to be during some sort of finale... I think sure. what I'm keen to do is to try and be quite binary about when the finale starts. So if people mm. want to tune in for one big epic thing, that's the one that we would naturally draw your attention towards. That makes sense. Yep. <clears throat> and um, yeah, Matt, you're bringing the said now illegal collegiate arcane army, right? Yeah, but it's narrative, so I can bring whatever I like. So I've got a couple of ideas for what I want to add to it. I've been thinking about adding a Lord Arcanum as the replacement headmaster after the previous one went insane after Raw. Uh, yeah. Raw last year, whatever that or was. turned into a potato, <laughs> whatever it was. Uh, just Ethermancy, man. It gets to you, as well as uh, Rob's Aetherian. Uh, uh, or whatever he was getting people hooked on all oh, the day. Oh, the ether heroin or ether heroin stuff. Yeah, yeah, and my yeah. headmaster okay. got a little bit mental on that, so got fired. Oh no! By the end of the oh, no. and was really bad at ethermancy. I mean, he was in at the, the same time. Trust, so know, yeah. it's true. Did he get um, Did he get piss tested and fail? Was that yeah, what happened? Yeah. Almost certainly. <laughs> um, so he was getting a bit old, and I'm gonna. I've been wanting to paint one of the Lord Arcanums with a better head for a while because the Lord Arcanum model has a terrible helmet, like all Stormcast models. But apart from that, it's quite nice. Which was the Lord Arcanum again? Is that, I thought it's you could a, get the guy with the like with the really cool moustache. Uh, yeah, whatever his name. Storm. So the battle, it's the battle cat guy, right? No it's the engineer guy. Because you can have a Lord Arcanum on basically any mount. This is okay. the guy on foot, um, who is. I'm thinking of Lord Ordinator. You don't really me. see the model very often. Like it's it's quite a nice model, but I might use the uh, Shadespire guy. I can't um, remember his Kurt, name. Uh, Stormsire. Yeah, that guy, because that's a lovely model. Yeah, it is. And doesn't have a stupid helmet on. <clears throat> um, so I've been wanting to paint and one. And you of those can for declare a bit. yourself the twin of um, Jimbo's uh, Celestine Prime because he used that head on his Sanguinius conversion. I'll just tell him what to do. <laughs> like, I won't be his twin, I'll be his boss. <laughs> because now <narrative. laughs> have to listen to the He does have a bit of a Mr. Whippy hairdo. But yeah. yeah. So he's just. The main reason I want him is because he's got a cool command ability that I think will be fun where you can add d6 to the range that an endless spell moves. When you say fun, we're defining fun as. Matt, the person who goes to narrative events and wins them with disgusting armies. Right? Yep, like yep. Bone Splitters and a Colors War Scroll that I made myself. <laughs> Lion was, Cavalry. It, Oops, it was, I didn't realise this was really cool. <laughs> it's really bent. Uh, no, was, so I'll bring him and then like eight endless spells and the Collegiate Arcane. He says Italian. that, but on the day he will turn up with a 2,000 point cunning rock. Yep. It's much better. 
Oh no, they all got killed. Here's here's the army that killed them all. <laughs> oh look, I rolled a six. They all came back. Yep. <laughs> Stupid things. Uh, no, so I've been I've been meaning to like finish off my narrative for those for a little bit now. I didn't have time at lunchtime today, so I'm getting told off in the chat for not finishing off my narrative. But I'll do it tomorrow. Um, yeah. Because he's super lenient when we're, when we're all late for D&D stuff, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, he doesn't yeah, bitch yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, is everyone doing that on Wednesday? Yes. Good. Obviously um, getting told off. Andy's about to get told off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just faking it, it's fine. <laughs> no, so that, that will be... How many people are actually going to be there? There's 12 players. 12 players, um, okay. Cool. But that, I mean, we're staying fairly flexible because we have four tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I think the meeting engagement rules that we were just discussing earlier possibly offer some uh, cool yeah, ways. Narrative of... quite often just like want small tables that you Ooh. just interact across, right? Because that so... was a good point. Actually, the streets of death rules came out. Is it streets of death? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's quite cool. Which you need yeah, a lot of terrain for it. Yeah. Night fighting. <laughs> um, it's the same as cities of death in forty k. I mean, mm. it's not. It's much simpler, but um, okay. it's the same idea. Basically, it's not um, skirmish. if you put load, no, no the, the, it's the there's lots of little bits to it, and there's coming up out of sewers and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But the mainstay of it is loads of buildings, and if the buildings are close enough together, you have rules governing passing between the buildings. Cool. Yeah, no, that sounds really. So, like, good. if a monster goes through a gap between two buildings that's less than I think it's eight inches, yeah, then you you take a mortal wound on the way through and stuff like that. Okay. And also, if you so he, like bre- smashes his way through, if you breach the gate of a fortress when you first go through the walls people can have an option to throw stones down on you and stuff like that yeah so, and you can burn buildings right. while people are inside um, and stuff it's it's fun but, but it's, it's a, not overwhelming it's in a, terms of number of rules there's lots of little things okay maybe so you need a cheat sheet can you fit it on an a4 page of cheat no, sheet no it's like really? four or five pages of in the book. even just yeah, a cheat sheet you could just be like bits, yeah. i mean when it's going all optional this, rules so you can do bits of it Okay. Well, maybe it just needs a... a, a, Are we going to have a GM? So that was what I was going to come on to say, because we've got the four tables, I Mm. suspect um, that... Yeah, Streets of Death, there you go. It's it's three pages. I haven't read any of this. So the... I, I suspect we will have players that may be doing a little bit more on the GMing side of things, just to keep the narratives flowing. Um... Yeah, the reason I mentioned the streets to. of death thing is because obviously this all started because people are trying to knit components for a giant war machine out of um, various colleges, so it might be cool to represent uh, some of that. I think what we're trying to say to the listeners is a lot of this is still a little bit to be defined, but that's kind of the amazing thing about it. Is yeah, that but that's one of the advantages. If you have a GM, they can just like manage it on the day properly, exactly. and we've got enough people that know what they're doing. Exactly, that it will go fine on the yeah. day. This so, does look pretty cool. I think you could put all of this. On an A4 page. Yeah. So, I mean, just to name drop a few people, we've got um, Steve Foot, obviously, if we've already mentioned, as myself and Matt. Uh, we have Jimbo coming with the Raw Fame, Ming of Raw Fame, we believe, it's unconfirmed. Um, we have in, in fame. O- Ollie Grimwood, I'm really excited to see what he comes out with because obviously it was Ollie and Steve that played the narrative showcase game on Warhammer TV yep. with customised models as well, which with was Giant quite- Turtle. It was kind of it was wasn't it the um, big spear chucker that Ollie built? I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, sounds awesome. Sharks with laser beams. Yeah, sharks with laser beams. More of that. Um, what I'm trying to get at is that the cast, and we are trying to describe the players as a cast as well. Like the the cast of players that you're going to see on the stream 
are there to try and really show you what narrative can be about um, as opposed to somebody's 50 page diatribe about how their elf is moving across the realms and then they try and impose that upon the game we're trying to be a bit more flexible and fluid with it yeah so, which is fine but it doesn't make for a good twitch stream right so what does with the diatribe yeah somebody's, that's what i mean yeah, yeah. that's exactly what i mean it doesn't yeah, yeah. work um and i'm pleased to say that tim will be rping his role on camera the entire time cool yeah, that's really nice. So it'll be really like interactive as a stream, hopefully, while well, somebody I mean, like watching it and making sure that people can interact. And Tim will be in character for the whole thing. Like totally. And I think the yeah. um, I think the big thing we're trying to do is to prove that you know, like fundraising on a television, like sorry, watching television and watching fundraising events on television that are somewhat interactive have been a huge part of our mm. um, sort of television culture, as it were. For what? Well, certainly all of my life anyway comic relief and all that kind of stuff I think what we're trying to experiment with here is how far can we push it in terms of a twitch stream within the within the wargaming capacity so yeah yeah maybe maybe you could have an in- intermission section where where you get a um, hysterical diet and monologue from Donal <laughs> <laughs> where's Donal going to be is he going to come along no, I think he's playing at Bad Moon. <laughs> this thing clashes. Oh yeah, yeah, with it does. Bad Moon. It does clash with Bad Moon because no, you were like, Matt, are you doing Bad Bad Moon Cafe? And I was like, No, are you doing something better? Yeah, and I was like, Yes, yes. I well, I believe I am considerably. I mean, better. the amount of tickets sold for Bad Moon versus how many people are turning up yeah. to our thing. Is Owen coming to this or not? Uh, yes. Awesome. So we'll have Owen from the Angel Boys as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Where's that? Adam's busy. That's annoying. Adam's got a job. Though he's not a narrative player. Adam's got a job. Also, he actively hates narrative and contrast. Or contrast narrative. Contrast narrative. Contrast is required, or...? Uh, well... Oh, I could do my Lord Arcanum in the pride colours. That's a bit of a side oh, note, because I, 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 I was just thinking out loud. So I've done <laughs> it, I've done can... a customised model for um, for this event, and I've done some pride colours on there as well. Yeah. Yeah, so. I was thinking about doing that for something, but I couldn't think of anything, and now there's it definitely... It is Pride Weekend. It is Pride Yeah, weekend. that's the thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why we were all thinking about it in the, in the it, chat. The angel no, Jay Channer um, laid down a bit of a challenge for us all to try and do a. Is there any good bits colours. on whatever his name is that I could paint in the pride colours? Shoulder pauldrons, whatever they're called? Yeah. Those might true. work, or. Are you going to do them with contrast? He's got a cape. Paint? You could do a cape. Yeah, you could do the whole cape. I was, I was thinking, uh, I, haven't, I haven't really haven't got. <laughs> I haven't got around to doing this, but I was going to do a coat of many colours on a... Because I've got one of those limited edition... Limited edition, is that right? The 500 store um, Blade Geist Revenant. Yeah. Here's one Blade Geist Revenant that you will never use because you need 10 and you get 10 in a box. Sure. Um, (laughs) um, So it's just in case you lose one down the back of the sofa. Wondering, I was thinking about doing a coat of many colours on a Blade Geist Revenant. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, so we'll definitely get, and then he can like just rock around in case my guy dies. He can be him if he dies. Yeah, <laughs> that is the one problem with narrative. I always have like we need to come up. That's why Stormcast works so well because you can just say, "Oh, he's being reforged. It's fine." Oh yeah, people commenting on that today. A couple they? of lightning bolts later. Yeah. Oh, were they? I completely. I haven't looked at that. People chat today. were commenting on it earlier. How? Yeah, um, it's become it is just almost sort of too convenient. Yeah, you need a bit of like. 
Like, suspension of disbelief. But I, I did like, it with, Oh no, he did just run away. But or... I did it with my Admiral because after Colocanium, um, mm. I I literally declared, oh yeah, he's dead now. I've drawn a line underneath it, and then decided actually no, I really like the character and I don't want him to die because I want there's not another and then, modeling. In the next episode, the rubble starts shifting yeah, and yeah, one yeah. dwarf no, hand comes made, out the top. I made, I made it even worse. I just said that some other dwarfs took his corpse away for a posthumous trial, and then he just woke up on the ship when they were taking him back and were like oh guess you're not dead then yeah we'll give you it's the beheading rule right if you don't lose your head yeah you're not dead yeah um so just i think probably maybe just to close this we yeah i think we're fine do you have any other questions no questions so i think just to reiterate the just giving page will be available in the show notes that's just giving.com forward slash Alex, unless I forget to put it in the show notes, well, please don't. Um, (laughs) You can also you're committing me to doing something. Power. The other we have the hashtag which is mind m i n d and then o m r which is over the mortal realms. Even though the event is actually called Mind Over the Realms, Um, but please do check out that hashtag. You can see the progress of our armies. We'll be releasing narrative tidbits going forward and giving you all the details of the stream and the schedule for the day as well. So, and as as just to reiterate, for every one pound donated is one raffle ticket in our grand prize draw, Um, and we will be announcing that uh, probably a day or two after the event to allow for more donations to come in on the day yeah. itself. And all of it's just going straight to mind, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, because it's just giving. Because it's all just through just giving. It's You're all just through like, just giving. Here you go. Yeah, so it's it's really super simple. Yeah. People can, if you don't want to do it through just giving, we can do it as an offline donation, which means you need to effectively give one of us a cheque or cash, but I'm happy to do it. So. Yeah, we've done that before like um, for other things where you just take some cash and then you say on just giving, oh, I got £10 from yeah, this person. But they, char- but they charge the page owner's card, so you have to give it to the page owner, then they pay it into their account and then yeah, it gets charged sure. there. But okay. again, if anybody's got a particular problem with just giving, they want to do yeah. it that way then I'm fine with it so please yeah. let me know and we'll sort it out on the draw is the draw going to be on the day or no I'll do it a day or two after because I think okay. we'll all be probably then a little bit too can do busy it the door, draw, I yeah. mean we'll see how we go and also I want yeah we want to make sure people have the ability to donate you want to give people the the, the opportunity to watch the event and then go oh I haven't given and give so that's true I, w- yeah. I would do it a day or oh, two oh I did after. enjoy that I'll give them a tenner you yeah. know yes 50 quid 150 yeah. quid whatever you want maybe we could um Maybe you could get, maybe we go to Magic Mad Hats on a Tuesday evening or something, and um, could stream the announcement. And you could you could stream the yeah, randomization. The same thing, can yeah. you? Because the Tuesday directly afterwards is probably a decent time to do it. Yeah, agreed. And then also because we probably will use a, a random number generator of some description. At least then we can stream that. Happening. And, it's, and it's live. So and blah blah blah. Yeah. So when Andy inevitably wins, but no one can claim that we cheated. Yeah, it'll just be black sundice to split the list into sixes again and again and again so the last person on the list will auto win or we'll use a Just, dice app or we'll use a dice app to roll all Adam's triggered again we're getting so many of them in today <laughs> so uh, different when he's not here uh, on that note shall I close the narrative section yep I think you just did yep closed <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, after I abruptly ended the last section. Uh, glad you came back to the open play section, where we're going to be talking about Saga, Age of Magic. Yeah, new... Matt's do a woohoo. New didn't. age. I can do a woohoo. Woohoo! 
There you go. Have I spiked all the levels? Yeah, I have. Yeah, got all the levels go. spiking what, on the That's what thing. everybody wanted. Yeah, it doesn't Static do very well with, with my falsetto. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, actually, it's a really good opportunity for us to talk about it because all three of us have played it um yeah i forced both of you to have games in the last two weeks i also forced i played a game of saga uh, the original saga against you over about a year ago yeah it's really probably about it, a year. just never picked it up again yep. so matt why don't you for those of you who aren't for those listeners who aren't familiar with saga and particularly saga age of magic can you give it the that's true so so saga is like designed around the age of vikings rule set which as it sounds, is entirely Vikings-based. Uh, so you have a couple of factions, like the Anglo-Saxons, the Welsh, the Vikings, the, I don't know, Jorn's Vikings, etc. So there's about eight or so factions in the standard base game that are all based around Vikings. But the idea is just that, like, they have this incredibly simple rule set where every faction has exactly the same four units. Mm. They're all led by one leader, and then you have... Uh, very slightly different equipment on them, but every faction has pretty much the same access to all the equipment. Like heavy weapons give you plus one attack, uh, plus one to hit, but minus one to be hit. Very simple things like that. Um, and then the way that the factions are different is that you get a battle board, which is like a uh, it's like an A4 page that has special abilities on it where you roll a set of dice at the start of each of your turns. They're called your saga dice. They're called your saga or orders dice. Um, And they let you basically either activate units, in terms of I'm going to now move this unit. You can get rid of one of those dice to do that. that's relevant because the tougher units are often harder to activate on a dice roll. Uh, Not Well, it depends what you mean by tougher. Sorry, I mean specialist. The better units are easier to activate. Oh, you're right. Yes. Yeah. They are. Whereas yeah. the like big units of crap guys, like they're called levies, yeah. your peasants, they're really hard to activate. Okay. And the same thing is true in Age of Magic. Um, and then you can use the same dice to activate special abilities that make you better in combat. So like the Vikings have, you know, charge three units in, they all get better dice. Or if you uh, if you have better armor than your opponent, then you get you know, an extra two attack dice in each of these combat. In, in or the like combat. you can, or I can take my really crap horde of chain rasps and yep. roll 20 and dice roll 20 and kill dice things. Because they outnumber <laughs> your opponent. So, uh, you've so they're, they're similar, got, those kind of things. So you've effectively got two resources to manage, which are your activations, i.e. who I'm going to activate, yep. and then the um, additional cool abilities that you can layer on top of that yeah but they're the only real thing that makes factions different from each other yeah but they do make the faction play completely different to another faction okay so this i've always like enjoyed this as a really short game but the the theme makes it hard to get into right because we're all fantasy players we all play D, we all play aos we all like you guys like the sci-fi stuff as well yeah. um, but the Viking side I think Adam got into it a couple of times I played um, it once but yeah, yeah we played it a couple I... of times but it's hard to get into that theme and then you also have to buy an army that you don't have yeah yeah. so you have to buy yourself a set of Vikings or whatever Yeah. so Age of Magic has now come along and said so this simple rule system it's Gribbling just, Beast isn't it it's Studio Tomahawk Studio make Tom- the uh, rule set then Grippling Beast make miniatures for them and some of the other stuff like the okay. dice and things. Um, so the new rule set is set in a fantasy world. Yeah. So there are six, I think, yeah, different six. factions um, that all have their own board 
and it's basically all, it's basically good and evil, isn't it? Then three sub factions in each. So there's your standard, your standard. Uh, I think there are three in each. Yeah. So there's kind of your standard good order of guys: Empire, uh, Bretonians, etc. A dwarf faction and an elf faction yeah. of equivalent. But the dwarf one, you could also put Ratmen in, no problem. The elf one, you could have Sylvaneth, you could have standard elves, you could have you know whatever dark elves, you can have whatever you want, and yeah. it would all fit because every everything's been described in these really generic terms. Yeah. They're called like a creature or they're called a hearth guard, which is just an elite infantry. Yeah. And you've got Lords of the Wild as well, right? That is one of that's the elf one. Oh okay fine. So that's how generic it is. It's yeah. just these are Lords of the Wild. So yeah. you can theme your whole army yeah. in any way. I could take my Deepkin list as a Lord of Lords of the Wild army. Yeah. Because all of the units have been like just called such a generic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the evil side, there's an undeath list, a chaos list, and a demons list, effectively. Mm-hmm. And then you can still fit loads of stuff in. But effectively, all they've sort of done is said there was three different types of units. Is that right? Well, there was your warlord that you would get automatically, and then hearthguard warriors and levies. And hearthguard are your elite warriors. Warriors are your standard and warriors and levies. And no, monsters. this is standard. Standard Saga has those three. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Age of Magic has added creatures, and uh, creatures, sorcerers, and monsters. monsters and alchemists, as I found out. So you have, I think they are they actually do exist in the base game, which is cool. a type of lieutenant. Oh, okay. Uh, which is like not your warlord, but just another hero who's turned up. And so, in addition to your Saga dice, Age of Magic also then gives you magic dice, right? Yeah, so you have another like sideboard where your sorcerer comes with three spells, and you just get to cast them nice and easy. There's a like standard effect that happens, an optimal effect if you roll a four or five, and then a super good effect that happens if you roll a six, um, which you can obviously choose to not happen, but you do take miscasts. Yeah, and miscasts are back. Random, random, I love random fun stuff. We all miss, we all miss the miscards table, really. So that's the basic mechanics. So that's from, most of the game, like yeah. really gone over. That's... So like, so from and I think Andy, I don't know if you agree. From my perspective, the mechanics are really sleek and really simple. But I think it was also we touched upon it briefly in match play. It was the size of the game itself that was quite appealing. Yeah, that's true. I I do. Be, be, before we get into that, I do have one fundamental question. Mm. Do you have to be over sixty five to play this game? Why? Because <laughs> you have to go on a saga cruise. Okay. Oh great. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, you've been waiting all day for that, haven't you? <laughs> I've been building you, up to that. I think yeah, it actually has. Probably. Yeah. Oh. No. Um, is that what a saga cruise is? I think it's just if if they're actually if anybody from Saga Cruises is following this podcast and wants to do a saga tournament on a saga boat, I will definitely do that, and we can lower the average age of your cruise by thirty years. Wow, let's not go that far. <laughs> it would probably still be at least 30, fifty year olds. Thirty years, maybe maybe thirty years. But but trying to get back on topic, yeah, it's kind of. I, no. I suppose I would actually, <laughs> I would put a reasonable parallel to meeting engagements. Actually, yeah, I think I think that's fair yeah. to say. Like, it, um, it, it feels all, that kind of I can play this in a club night, but it's, and it's designed not hard work. It's designed to it, that's its scale, right? So, mm. I I would imagine if you actually took a two thousand, and when I played um, with Matt's guidance, I basically brought my Nighthorn army and said, well, the spirit host of creatures and the blade geists of warriors and the 
rasps a, le- uh, a mindless, which I'm assuming is the equivalent of a levy. It's the equivalent of a levy. Um, so, yeah. And I just, you know, pocketed everything into into something that generally fit and we just played, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I think if you took a 2,000-point um, AOS army it and tried be... to play a Saga game at that level... Oh, you'd be there all day. Well, I, I don't you, think you'd be there. It, I think you'd be there for about the same time as an as an Age of Sigmar game because it's fundamentally limited by ten activation dice, right? Yes, it is. So if you have if you have like ten dice, if you had ten units and you wanted you'd you'd struggle to activate things twice. You'd yeah. as soon as you start losing dice, you str- you'd struggle to keep up, right? Yeah. So, so just, it so would be you'd end up tar pitting your army. So just yeah. on that note, one of the key things is that the saga dice are generated by the units that are on the table, and yeah. as you start to very generically speaking, as you start to lose those units, you lose that dice pool, yeah. and therefore it becomes even more difficult to activate units. Well, the, the idea is that you, you like want. try and either wipe out or try and take units out to the point where they're no longer generating your opponent right. dice. So there's some rules where, for example, if a unit falls below five models, it no longer generates dice, isn't it? It's right? half strength, right? They lose yeah. the dice. It's half strength, strength for everything but half guard. Half okay. guard generate even if there's one of them. Okay. And so does your warlord, but he's he's a guy anyway, So the game so. is entirely resource and risk management in that sense. Exactly. So, so that's that's the main part about it for me. And it's just it is just a super elegant game, really. Like, you can just pick up the rules in about 15, 20 minutes, probably. Build an army list, as you said. Like, both of you rocked up with no idea of how to build an army yeah. list whatsoever. So, we just sort of went, here are the six types of unit. What do you think... What do you want to put down? Mm. And what do you think fits? Mm. Like, oh, you want to play your spirit host? Cool. The closest thing that we have is a creature, which is anything on, like, a... 40 mil 60 mil base and I just base. put a magma droth down as a monster and, yep. those guys, yeah. like because they've because none of the units are called specific things like magma droth mm. they're called monster and then there's two types of monster so it makes it really really easy to write an army list so for the listeners do you want to explain like the, the basic combat mechanic for example yeah right. so your combat again is nice and nice and simple every model has two stats so a little bit less than Age of Sigmar. Um, they have an aggression and an armor. Mm-hmm. Your aggression is the number of attack dice each thing, each model generates. So Hearthguard are two, Warriors are one, Levies are a half, or sometimes a third if they're equipped with or shooting weapons, or a fifth for Mindless. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have an armor value. Effectively, you, you and your opponent each count up your... Uh, aggression in the two units it doesn't matter where the models are they mm-hmm. all get to fight mm-hmm. um, so there's no piling in or reach there's no or anything like piling that. in or anything one, like one that. touch one model touches yeah. then you every model gets to contribute his um it's kind of like new triumphs and treachery right? yeah it is just a lot easier a for that kind of thing actually. you both fight at the same time um one person is allowed to go on the defensive which i'll explain in a sec which is called closing ranks yeah um, but you basically get all of your dice in a pile. You then activate special abilities, including using your opponent's fatigue, which are like tokens that you take for doing like double activations on units or um, and yeah, being in a combat generates a fatigue on each unit if they survive. Or chain um, activating. Yeah, chain is the one I said first. Yeah. Uh, they 
there's a couple of extra like special abilities that can generate fatigues on enemy units uh death had a couple of cool ones where like you curse two units and whenever one takes a fatigue the other one takes a fatigue and you had a war cry thing as well right yeah i had so these are all like special abilities that make it all like the slightly different game but essentially you're then you've got your dice maybe eight your opponent's got their dice maybe also eight you activate your special abilities or you've used fatigues and you're trying to hit the opponent's armor value. So yeah. Hearthguard have a 5, Warriors have a 4, Levies have a 4 or a 3 if they've got a, um, a bow or something yeah. like that, similar. Um, creatures and monsters, I think, are both 4s. Uh, and then all you're doing is uh, trying to hit that number, which you might have made easier or harder by using fatigues uh, of either yours or your opponents. Yeah. And then you cancel the amount of hits that they give you on a 5+. plus a four plus if you closed ranks at which point you did have to halve your attack dice um and then the anything that wasn't cancelled is a wound so basically fatigue is probably best described as the one additional resource that you kind of have to manage right? yeah well, you have to just think about it in terms of combats and i think that's the one bit that i've not really quite got my head around in I the think, game that's yeah, where it's that quite my... complicated i keep like exhausting units which is why they take so much fatigue that they can't do anything else yeah. they have to rest to get rid of it yeah. which wastes an activation and kind of what you want is for them to be in a position for enemies to come into them and want to use the fatigue to make them yeah you effectively likely... get to a point where you throw units into a combat because you want to burn the fatigue off them yeah yeah, because your opponent is going to need to use the fatigue on your guys to keep their own guys alive, yeah. which effectively just f- means that you're like free getting your fatigue gotten rid of. So it's it's great as well because just because something's fatigued doesn't mean that there's an automatic incentive for your opponent to use it. It's actually no. they need to make a, a genuine decision on that. And especially some of the things like uh, monsters, where they have a, a mechanic called resilience, where uh, instead of taking because everything only has one wound in yeah. the game, even monsters, they have something called resilience, where instead of taking so if I gave you five hits and you cancel three of them. So you've still got two wounds to take on your one wound monster. Monsters have a thing called resilience where they can take a fatigue to cancel X hits. Where I think monsters have resilience too. So they could cancel both of those, but they take a fatigue. Obviously, if they can't take any more fatigue, then they die. But it makes them feel a little bit more like they've got extra wounds, but without having to bother with a wounds characteristic. Yeah, great. Yeah, That's really cool. It's really sleek. So, Matt, I'm going to ask you about one other element of the game and then Andy I'm going to I'm going to get your general opinion as somebody new who just uh, rocks up to this uh-huh. and never never played it before mm. so Matt there was one other element that I noticed that I really enjoyed and that was that basically every scenario is almost randomly generated yeah that that is one of the things that I really really like in the book um, Age of Sigmar's kind of done this but it's so much better done in um, in Saga in that there are six different types of scenery deployment uh, um, that are all pretty well balanced. And in fact, all of these are pretty well balanced. I don't really when have to say, say that. When you say scenery deployment, do you mean the type of scenery <clears throat> on the board or the way that it's put the, on the table? Both. So me and Andy played in a swamp, I think, which meant that you had to put four pieces of terrain down Did before the fight? battle. Yeah. Do you have a little mud wrestle? Yep. Oh. And they two of them had to be either forests or swamps, and two could be anything else, and they had to be certain distances apart from each other. And then we played 
pretty much the standard open field one where we each put down pieces of terrain according to what we actually want. But there's six of those. There's then six uh, deployment types, six special rules, six victory conditions, and six something else. Get game lengths? Game lengths, that's yeah. right, which I think is a really cool thing. So in terms of uh, just it making a nice like dynamic way to play, the one that we played was really cool, which is uh, any opponent can, after turn four, say that the game is ending. Yeah. They get a turn, then really their fun. opponent gets a turn, then it's done. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so the, you need to decide six different you ones like that. I can't remember what we played. We just played until we realised that I'd won. Was it six turns though? Just straight up on ours. I think I can't remember what we actually. Oh no! Played. It was it was six turns, and you only get three order dice in your first turn. Yeah. So it slightly benefits the person cool. going second, I guess. But there's there's all completely different. Like, cool. it, it deters an alpha strike. It does. So if anybody wants to, the listeners now, you, it, Saga Age of Magic, if you want to learn more about the mechanics, go check it out, go and check out the website, grab yourself a copy of the book if you can, it's a beautiful book, it's great yeah. to look at. To, to slightly change our focus here. Um, Just both- can, I, can I interrupt you one thing there though? Um, being a GW loyalist and obviously recognising that Saga is not a GW product, yep. where do you buy this stuff? Yeah, good point. So I bought all of mine from uh, Orcs Nest, which is right around the corner from where we are now. Yeah, um, in TCR. Such a cool shop. Yeah, and they they have a number of copies of Age of Magic, but there's no percent off. Whereas uh, I think you can buy them online at Grippling Beast uh, for a ten percent off or so. But I just kind of. It, I tend to go to the chicken shop around the corner and then pop into Orc's Nest and that makes me buy something. So usually it's paints or some kind of army paint or wash, but I bought Age of Magic one time and oh, it's yeah. actually super good. Nice. That's cool. And I guess just to tack on to that, if you are a GW loyalist like we all are, you probably already have the models to play the game, so it's a not so an additional that is, that is one thing that I yeah. will... That, that is the main advantage for it, really, for me. There's two sort of real things for it, is that I, I don't think I could find any Games Workshop army that I couldn't build into at least one, probably two, of the different factions that exist in Age of Magic. Death, I think, probably only... But there's a couple of death death things that could also go in the demon faction and would make perfect sense. And so you'd get to play not just death, you'd get to every now and again just rock up and say, well, I'm being this Lords of the Underdark faction instead. And also because it's so simple, you can... I mean, proxying isn't, <coughs> proxying isn't the end of the world, right? But it's not really proxying. When no, something is literally just exists. called a monster yeah. in the rule or yeah. a creature... I like, mean, like, if you take my, if you take my, <laughs> my Nighthaunt stuff, like Spirit Hosts... Haridans, blade geists. I mean, yes, they are ghosts, but they they could easily look demonic. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay. You could easily take any of these other things. You, there's a couple that you might struggle to make them like the standard human faction, but you could probably even do that. Just say that they are this human faction, but they've all died and they've still got their abilities from when they were alive. So to bring it full circle, Andy, what was your take on the game as a first-time player? What was your take? Um, well, as as with all tabletop games like this, if you roll sixes, you win, and it's a fantastic way to beat your opponent. <laughs> that is true. Um, Andy's last turn was in. You've got that that mechanic where you can get two more dice by discard. Get by so you roll the six, trade the six for two dice. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I did that three times. Brilliant. You just like rolled six into and then six and then and had so many dice, I wasn't sure what to do with them. Yep. Um, it was so crazy. So we've established that it is a bit of a dicey game. 
Well, one. it's a, it is a dice game, right? I I I like it because I think what I've struggled with of late, frankly, which is why I haven't been playing AOS that much, is I struggled to devote a weekend, a whole weekend to the game. Yeah. When if I go to a tournament, tournament, I'm probably going to get one negative experience game. And if you just get unlucky and have two, you've kind of wasted a day of your weekend. And my weekends are precious, particularly in the yeah. summer when, when I want to be out biking. Um, and then of an evening, um, you know, if you get down to club at half past seven, you, you chat and you have some banter and you play a game, but you're not playing a tournament game. You're playing a fun game. So you're bantering or you're discussing yeah. what tactics you might use. Are we going to say, or you're playing Kieran? Yeah, or you're playing Kieran. That's fair. <laughs> Though I well, think he's he got a lot improved. better. He's got a lot he better. He has improved. Thanks there's to a, this there's podcast. A, there's a trend, right? There's a trend. <laughs> Thanks and it's to bullying. Um, <laughs> it's minor bullying. Um, but it's going to be a three, three and a half hour experience. And yeah, you're going you're, to get home at home half 11. Half 11 and midnight, tired, maybe. And, like, and it, that's a, after a long day's work, that's a very, very long day, right? So I've just struggled to do it. So I've done a little bit of Shades by the last six months for that reason, or should I say Underworld. Um, whereas this, I think you can go with an evening. I mean, admittedly, we took some time, but again, it was because I was flubbing around learning the rules. Once you've played one or two games, I think you could blow out a game super easy, but in, I think both in two of hours, our, even we, an hour. We and a played, half. yeah. I think it's an hour and a half at six points. Uh, no problem. I think we played both, both of us. Uh, we're about two and a half hours. We played in two and a half hours, and that was with with one person not knowing the rules, the rules and, and writing an army list yeah. Yeah. for <laughs> nothing. So that's quicker than an AOS game. First, off, honestly, right? I think if you were playing somebody who was fluent in the rules, you could smash a six point game out in an hour. Genuinely, yeah, and I, and I think you could have. You could you could spend an rush, hour and a half, and no. you'd leave the you'd leave the table thinking you'd have fun. You'd had fun rather than leaving the table going, God, I, I really had to think about my fourth turn and where it was going to go. Yeah, yeah, that is one. So there's definitely tactical depth to it, but I don't think it's as there's certainly not as much tactical tactical depth to it as an Age of Sigmar game, yeah. also at two thousand points. But I'd say there's more tactical depths to it than an Age of Sigmar game at a thousand points, yeah, or even possibly fifteen hundred. And I, and I would say at that game length, it's it, AOS has the potential to be massively abused at that game, size, game, and length. Yeah, right. Mm. So I I would definitely not go to a thousand point AOS tournament because you would just end up fighting brick walls of filth every game that's because yep. of the allegiance ability and war scroll mechanic yeah right? for the yeah so. exactly whereas i think you could you could do five games of saga in a day at an event and and leave the room feeling pretty happy about yeah. life so i think a lot of the tournaments that they run certainly for age of crusades or age of vikings are either four games at eight points or five games at six points in a weekend or a day in a day so they're kind of aiming at an hour and a half for the rounds if they're six points, and maybe you, an hour and 45 if it's eight points. And just to clarify for the listeners, this is played on a three foot by four foot table, It right? is a three by four, which is a slightly annoying size. That is also the exact recommended size for meeting engagements. Is it? Yeah. Because it's an annoying size. Because you're always going to have a four foot line, right? Because you're meant to be three feet apart from each other in the saga. In all of the saga ones, there's no like go sideways ones or anything. They're all just slightly weird. And I, and I can I can tell you exactly why both have done it, which is something, in my humble opinion, X-Wing caught onto a very, very long time ago when they Coffee first brought the game gaming. out. It's this, it, three foot is the width of a dining table. Yeah. 
Yeah, but nobody makes a nice battle map for a three foot by no, four foot. No, they do. I've seen them. Really? Gamemap.eu. I think I'll. I think I'll try and find one. Yeah. Like, I'm. I'm probably. I was thinking this week of actually getting one or two. Yeah, because the way that we're kind of doing club, it if nothing is else. Uh, is ignoring the back six inches of each person's deployment. Yeah, it's annoying. Which is a bit annoying. Yeah. So I'd rather just have a nice mat, and then you ignore the bit that isn't that mat, which is so much more clear. We've already got one nice mat. Yep. Yeah. Oh, thanks, oh, guys. Oh, I just got that. <laughs> you and your mod wrestling. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, so Andy, the, you were you were a fan? Overall? Yeah, I, I'm 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 a fan. I I enjoyed it. I don't think it's a what it lacks. So what it what it has is it's a game you can turn up and play and have fun. What it lacks is the depth, like the depth that makes AOS painful and complicated, mm. is also the depth that gives you unique models and something to hook you into loving an army and creating a narrative behind yeah. it. I don't think on on the basis of what I've seen, I don't think Saga would hook me into building a narrative army in Really? Saga. I completely disagree with that. I don't think I've ever That's written a narrative army around war scrolls. I don't think I've ever like thought about you know, I, oh the battle mage has this special rule, so I'm gonna use that in my narrative. I There's a couple of things that. that were cool. I've definitely done that, but also to flip it round, I would also love to do a narrative themed army around Saga because it's such a blank canvas. Yeah, but I think most of the stuff you come up with in a narrative tournament are the the like rolls of the dice. Yeah, that's fair. The... I mean maybe I'm being intellectually lazy there in the sense that a lot of the a lot of the depth and feel of an army is delivered to you by GW. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like spoon-fed narrative in some it's kind cases. of like you hear some like you listen to some pretty heavy gamers who are like big 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 competitive gamer guys and they will say oh the the reason the reason i um the reason i play warhammer is because i'm hooked into the 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 backdrop and the backstory and the feel yeah, of yeah. the you know in eighth let's say like the feel of 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 the towns and the cities and the and the armies and how they fit together right yep i think that's easier to hook into in in warhammer than it is in saga having totally just dipped the edge of my toenail in the water sure yeah well because they've written a generic system there is no like world no to build anything in there's none of the book that is here is you know where these factions exist here's where no there's nothing at all it is just the straight rules and it's a blank canvas for you to do what you want with it but i still think I still think there's a lot of tactical depth in the list building, though. That, and you could definitely put narrative into every single game, and it's sort of designed with that kind of thing. There's a there's a couple of like uh, there's one FAQ on the forum where mo- like I don't I think there's like three questions for the whole of Age of Magic, which, where one of them is this thing can take a ranged weapon but doesn't have any ranged stats. What's his stat? <laughs> so just which they just said, oh, it's a two. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple that are like this plus this plus this makes a bit ridiculous and the guy the studio tomahawk guys have just gone that is not in the essence of this game don't do it (laughs) (laughs) on their actual own forums which is completely fair i mean it's it's the it's the fundamental difference in design philosophy between someone who has written a game has written rules for a game that's true for which some models are available yeah and Mm. a company which has designed a load of models and written rules to justify yeah. their existence. Yeah, I think it completely does uh, marks themselves as a rules company rather than a miniatures company. 
So yeah. if you want something that is that is written as a rule system, I think Age of Magic's the way to go. So Studio Tomahawk have no sculptors working for them, etc. Nope. They all, they have a bit yeah. of a deal with Grappling Beast in terms of making yeah. the fatigue tokens and those kind of things, but Studio Tomahawk themselves is just a rules team. So it's really open to you can go out to all of the model providers you want and yep. and actually in the Age of Magic book there's maybe 10 different manufacturers presented as yep. examples for how to run the army GW not being one of them funnily enough GW are not one of them though no. <laughs> um, surprisingly no I don't think I don't think a GW would do that like Studio Tomahawk oh, they would, down they, here no, they would, GW they would, 250 yeah. company like, yeah <laughs> And they, they would they would never dilute their IP that way. Exactly. No. Uh, which is part of their IP, so it's absolutely fine. The other thing which sort of leads into this is I bought a shark. Yes, you Because did. of Age of Magic. Yeah. There's literally no chance. And I, I would never... I would have sold my Deepkin completely. It would have be been on eBay now, maybe. Ironically, because you said people don't like playing against it. People don't like playing against it. I've never had a like positive gaming experience with it because it's pretty rock paper scissors and nobody likes it at the table so i got completely fed up of playing it in aos but i really like the models so i've just turned them into an age of magic army and they fit pretty well and i can take the really lovely games workshop models but the ones that i actually want to do because there's no point system and so you can't go oh the sharks are terrible for 140 points mm, it's just a monster it's just a yeah it's either a monster or i'm taking it as my warlord Oh, because uh, no. you're warlords on a mount. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and I've completely sculpted it to have the octopus as the guy who's holding the reins of the shark. Yeah, Which is that. cool, other than the fact to sculpt it that way, you took the laser beam off. I did take the laser beam off, yeah. But he's not got a shooting weapon in Saga, but I think I'm going to put it on anyway. I've built him, you and I'm just, I've sprayed him separately for now. You can't have a shark in a tabletop game no, and it's not have a laser beam on top of it's, it. It's a harpoon Lasers. launcher. Lasers. But I could make it a laser beam. I could get the... I think I have a spare laser beam from the Hurricaneum or the Hurricaneum that I built and didn't make a Luminarch. So I could put that on top as the giant set of mirrors. That could work. That would work. Laser beam. Shark. Uh, should we call it a day? I think we need to, yeah. We've bored people long enough talking about all of our stuff. Nah, they're fine. They're all good. They're still here. Thanks for tuning in, though. I appreciate it's been a while. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Contrast paints are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for staying to the end, Adam. We love love contrast paints, dice apps. Yeah, and... I think we'll do contrast paints next episode, right? We'll do them properly, and we'll do... Throw all your brushes away, just pour the paint on. So we're going to try and be back now every, like, two or three weeks. Yeah. Going to try and put some some more recordings in. Um, Yeah see what we can do um, but we're all relatively busy so we sort of just do it when we're free yes indeed but we will try a bit harder to not be as permanently busy maybe. yeah so there'll be another one before mind hopefully um, yeah and there'll definitely be a follow-up to mind and also i have the necromunda gt to talk to all the lovely listeners about again so i'd love to do that within the next few weeks so yeah. hopefully we'll reconvene then yep it was really nice to have the upgraded adam kunis on the show yeah today. yeah <laughs> thank, thank you very much everyone for donating to mind over the realms and giving me a new army <laughs> that's true yeah all of your money has gone towards andy getting a new army for his one raffle ticket that he's bought so on that precarious note, <laughs> please, please do follow the URL again. I and think if you win now, we'll be in serious trouble. Would you have, have to check? Make it is really is Steve Foot allowed to participate in the raffle? No, none of the so, none of the 
players that are participating are allowed to participate. Because that's Steve's important. Because army. Because Steve Foot always wins raffles. Yeah, that, he? that was, is a thing. Yeah. It was that okay. army that came from that fortuitous summer. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Um, so there will not be any raffle fixing. Please do enter and we'll um, make it really clear support. that Andy did win by complete luck. Yeah. Or we just won't let him win. That's true. We'll just take his name out. Yeah. He hasn't donated yet, anyway. So, uh, moving on. <laughs> anyway, thanks again, everybody, um, and please do follow us at Angelcast AOS. <laughs>